Welcome to the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. I'm your host, Charlie James. As always, I certainly appreciate you tuning in. And don't forget to like and download and share this with all of your friends. And while you're at it, make sure you tune in each weekday at 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas, for the Charlie James Show. I would appreciate that as well. Well, folks, there has never been and arguably never will be a greater violator of the United States Constitution than our own federal government. The United States Constitution was put in place, written, actually to limit the power of government. And that is what really irritates people in government. You see, they don't want to be limited. They don't want their rights or their perceived rights to interfere in your life to be limited by this document. In fact, the United States Constitution, to a lot of people in in, in Congress, both House and Senate, in all branches of government, actually see the United States Constitution as a hindrance to their power, which is exactly what it was supposed to be. When Thomas Jefferson and our founding fathers were coming up with the Constitution, they had just come out of one hell of a time. They had just shaken off the totalitarian rule of the British government, and they knew exactly what authoritarian rule like that could do to the citizens. They lived under it. They suffered from it. And they wanted to make sure that this new country that they were forming did not have that type of government. So the United States Constitution actually puts limits on government and gives rights to the individual. If you took a pie chart and you put all the different forms of government on this pie charts that human beings have had um, from the beginning, there would be a very, very tiny almost microscopic sliver of this pie chart that actually grants freedoms to the individual and protects them from government. Almost every other form of government gives the rights to the states and takes them, or to the state itself, and takes them from the individual, but not the United States Constitution. And that's why a lot of people don't like the Constitution. That's why a lot of people in the Democrat Party think that the Constitution is a living, breathing uh, document that uh, evolves over time, when in fact it doesn't. It applies in different ways, but it doesn't evolve. It says what it says, and it doesn't say what it doesn't say. And that really, really pisses off the people in government. They can't stand that. They want to exert more control over you. And we have some people that are supposed to protect us from those folks who want to violate the Constitution, and those people are the Supreme Court. Now, this week, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Samuel Alito extended, reading from the Epic Times here, extended to September the 27th, a temporary stay blocking a lower court ruling that restricted federal agencies from contacting social media firms with requests to remove content, giving justices more time to decide how to handle that case. Now, folks, 
I'm the first to admit, I'm no great constitutional scholar. I'm no Ted Cruz-type scholar when it comes to the Constitution, but I f- certainly understand what a violation of the Constitution is. And when the federal government goes to social media companies and tells them, request them to take down content or to alter content, then I know damn good and well that that is a constitutional violation. Now, this new order was in the case of Murphy versus Missouri, and it came in late September. In fact, it was uh, September the 22nd. The lead applicant was U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, who critics accused of participating in government efforts to suppress and censor the free discussion of public health issues like COVID-19. Now, there, I've read the Constitution, and nowhere in the Constitution is there an asterisk that says, unless there's an emergency or unless there's a health emergency. For example, the First Amendment of the Constitution does not say, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech unless there's an emergency. Because you see, when governments are allowed to violate the Constitution in an emergency, then governments will create emergencies in order to violate the Constitution. That's a fact. It's just human nature, unfortunately. But that's exactly what happened during COVID. The Biden administration, the federal government, went to these agencies and told them to suppress speech about COVID. If you said something like, hey, you know, I heard ivermectin worked pretty well, gone. Hey, you know, there are some countries out there that are prescribing hydroxychloroquine and they have really low uh, COVID rates, gone. Hey, you know, I'm really kind of wondering about these vaccines. Are they really safe? Gone. You could not have an open dialogue on any of the social media just simply asking questions. Hey, what is mRNA exactly? And, and is it really healthy for us? They wouldn't allow that. They wouldn't, help, they wouldn't allow a lot of it. You couldn't criticize Fauci. You couldn't criticize Dr. Burks. You couldn't criticize the FDA or the CDC without being flagged by these companies. And it wasn't just the companies doing it. It was the United States government that were going to these companies telling them to suppress your freedom of speech, to just simply ask questions. But it's not the first time we've seen that. Of course not. They've done it a lot before. It's just now that we have these social media platforms that are more than willing to go along with it. But it wasn't just COVID. Remember, it was the federal government, it was the FBI that told these social media companies that the Hunter Biden laptop story was had all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. So they went to Facebook. They went to Twitter at the time. They went to YouTube. They went all all of these companies and said, hey, you know, guys, we got a we got a story coming out out there. Sounds like Russian disinformation. You might want to be aware of that. So they would not allow any stories about Hunter Biden's laptop, even though it was true. You even had 51 intelligence agents sign off on a fake letter 
saying that the Hunter Biden laptop story looked like Russian disinformation when they all knew that Hunter Biden's laptop was real. They knew it was his and they knew that the FBI had it. So, yeah, they've done it before. And if you think they're going to stop now, you're crazy. Going back to this story from the Epic Times about Justice <laughs> Justice Alito wants more time to decide whether or not the United States government contacting social media firms with requests to remove content is against is a violation of the First Amendment. Justice Alito is asking for more time to it would take me about 30 seconds to decide whether or not that was unconstitutional. And the first 25 seconds of that would be me laughing. So on September the 14th, Justice Alito put on hold the July 4th, ironically, ruling of the U.S. District Judge Terry Doherty of Louisiana, an appointee of Donald Trump. Judge Doherty's order prohibited several agencies, including the Department of Justice, the Department of Homeland Security, the State Department, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention from intimidating social media companies. Why, that sounds like it's a no-brainer. These companies, these organizations shouldn't even be in contact with social media companies. So the lawsuit that came out of that injunction was filed by Missouri and Louisiana's uh, attorneys general, who have accused the Biden administration of engaging in what is governmental censorship by proxy, by leaning on social media companies to take down posts or even suspend accounts. And that includes, what do they call it? Um, uh, uh, go, and it's not ghosting. It's some other word um, where they just, you're suspended, but you don't know it. That's exactly what they were doing. The lawsuit says that the Biden administration urged or even mandated Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to censor viewpoints and speakers disfavored by the left under the cover, uh, under the cover of combating disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation. So, according to Judge Darty's in injunction, agencies and their employees may not communicate with social media companies by urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner for removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing uh, protected free speech. And that's exactly what they wanted to do. That's exactly what they were doing. And if they can get away with it now, just imagine where it's going to go in the future. It also goes on to say that the agencies may not flag content on social media platforms or seek to remove content or suppress its reach. The, agents, the agencies also may not press the platforms to alter their guidelines for the removal, suppression, or reduction of content that contains protected free speech. It's protected speech. You should be able to ask a question. You should be able to make a statement according to the First Amendment. Oh, but Charlie, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie house. They always throw that at you, although that ruling was overturned nine years later. So the injunction 
allowed federal officials to continue to correspond with social media firms regarding criminal activity, national security threats, and other matters. So on September the 8th, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit partially upheld Judge Doherty's injunction, allowing certain agencies to communicate with companies in some circumstances. But folks, we've got Justice Alito out there, and he needs more time. He needs more time to decide whether or not our government censoring or asking someone to censor someone's speech is unconstitutional. How? How, how, is that, how is that even a thing? How, that, and again, like I said before, this should be a no-brainer. And the fact that we are seeing this is unbelievable. It tells us exactly where, they are, where we are in our society right now with our government. And like I started off this podcast by saying, the United States government, is the biggest violator of our constitutional rights that has ever existed. Look at the way they've whittled down the Second Amendment. Look at, I I thought, shall not be infringed, was pretty darn clear when our founding fathers put that in there. But no, now we've got all kinds of infringements happening with our Second Amendment rights. We've got all kinds of infringements happening with freedom of religion. In Auburn, they just had a big, huge baptism. This, and it was kind of a, a, a spur-of-the-moment type thing, too. A couple of people got baptized there at Auburn, and pretty soon there were thousands of people being baptized at Auburn University. Well, the atheists on campus, they decided that they didn't like this. Of course not. They're atheists. Nobody really cares what they think. But they were saying that this violated the separation of church and state, which anybody that's ever read the Constitution knows there is no such thing as the separation of church and state. What the First Amendment says about freedom of religion is Congress shall make no no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The free exercise clause of the First Amendment is exactly what was going on in Auburn. But they've always mistranslated the Constitution. They've taken other documents and tried to attribute those documents to the Constitution when it's just not in there. What is in there is that Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peacefully assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. Those are in there. Those are the rights that are given to us by the Constitution. The same rights that this government, who was founded by the Constitution, wants to strip away from you. This is the Checkpoint Charlie Podcast.